Hey, I'm Ruben from Dub. Welcome to Connection Loop, our actionable podcast about building businesses with daily human connections. Connection Loop features long form interviews with fascinating people in sales, marketing, and beyond. Enjoy today's episode and learn more about Dub at dub.com. And we are live. Hey guys, this is Ruben Dua from Dub's podcast, Connection Loop. Today I'm on with Ike. Ikoku, and I am so psyched to get into this topic of perseverance, winning, overcoming trials, tribulations, all the things that are in our way, our roadblocks, uh, to ultimately gain happiness and to be better people, uh, to provide mutually beneficial relationships. Uh, let's get into this. If you could start, I, please, with a, with a little bio on yourself, and then how you got interested in this topic. Yeah. Um I like to think of myself as a bit of a, an entrepreneurial dream reviver. <laughs> and uh, that's certainly been born out of uh, having to revive my own dream as to what my entrepreneurial life was going to look like. Uh, but I kind of swim in a couple of different lanes. I, I work as a business growth strategist. I am a uh, personal finance expert. And uh, I'm also a mindset and success coach. And those are just things that make me come alive in terms of the actual work that I do that regardless of money or compensation, I do that anyway, right? And so um, I, I get to hang out in those lanes and just serve people as best as I can uh, using those skill sets. And, and what would you say that, that you kind of stumbled upon first? What was your, what was your catalyst? Yeah, so I think my, I, you know, I, I grew up in the accounting industry. So my bachelor's degree is in accounting. I got a master's degree in personal financial planning. So I've hung around business for the vast majority of my life, either filing tax returns, doing, uh, you know, accounting related work, uh, helping people plan for their future. We start getting into tax planning, uh, eventually having a step out on my own and launch my own business and understand the nuances between being a highly skilled individual who could manufacture widgets versus being a highly skilled individual who could market said widgets, right? Ah. So, <laughs> huge distinction there, right? Got it. And uh, what would you say the reason for your wanting to start your own business was? Was that just more kind of freedom for yourselves and more learning potential? You know what? I have a pretty interesting story. I probably would never have been an entrepreneur unless the, the guy upstairs forced my hand. So uh, I've had the distinct pleasure, blessing, some might call it a curse, <laughs> of having made and lost seven figures twice in my life. But the first time that I had some success uh, in generating a lot of wealth, I was still an employee. So I was working as a CPA. Uh, for a couple of the big six accounting firms and was working in their personal financial planning division because I'd gotten a master's in personal financial planning and just really loved that niche area. And we were working with high net worth individuals doing some very sophisticated planning. And so as we were working on some of their projects and, you know, dealing with like millions and, you know, multiple millions of dollars and seeing what they were doing, I was back over on my side of the fence, you know, working with my own little nest egg and trying to figure out how I could duplicate some of what I was learning from them. And so I, uh, I had the, you know, the pleasure of, you know, being a young 20 something year old kid and um, having what I would call control over like international business corporations. I had one based out of Panama. I had control uh, of an offshore trust in Belize. I had control of banking accounts in Latvia. I mean, these are things that usually 
you don't get exposed to till much later on in life. So uh, did well, uh, you know, learned a few things, but then 9-11 hit. And when 9-11 hit, it was the trifecta of business blowups. Uh, for one, I had a lot of <laughs> I had a lot of onshore and offshore investments at the time, and that all went belly up with the 9/11 blowdown or blow up. Uh, and then for the first time in my life, I was unemployed. And I wasn't unemployed for one month or two months. I was unemployed for 18 months. Now here's the deal: if you were gonna bet on somebody who could actually regain employment back then, I was probably a safe bet. Mm. I had a CPA license, I had a CFP license, I graduated a master's degree, graduated top of my class for both my bachelor's and my master's, had worked for two of the big six accounting firms at the time, stellar resume, but my purpose and my destiny was not tied to corporate America anymore. There was a shift. And so I believe that God, uh, out of his uh, infinite wisdom and mercy, decided, you know what? This guy, Ike, is so stubborn about the only way I can get him to step into an entrepreneurial adventure is to shut every door to him ever being reemployed. <laughs> <laughs> so I literally got forced into uh, going into business for myself. That, that is a remarkable <laughs> story. And the way that you can look at it with the perspective that you have now with such optimism and, and, and faith um, is, that's mind-blowing. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And... You know, I, I kind of keep going back to this thing that, um, you know, in the olden days, the rich would get richer and the poor would get poorer. And I don't believe in that. I just think that that's an old adage, you know, and I think that anyone that says that is living, in my opinion, in a, in a slightly scarcity-based or victim-based mindset, which I don't think is going to ever account for any, any notable success, you know? Nope. Uh, you know, I love how one of your mantras is that 80% of success is based on your mindset. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and I, and I really want to understand how people can get out of that mindset because I know exactly what it's like to say that, to feel that, to know that, to believe that I know what that's like. And it's not true. I'm here to say that it's not true because I've heard dozens of stories of people that have broken that. It's about so many of the things that I'm sure you know so much about, but help us to overcome that a little bit. Yeah. So I I love sharing the story of um, two, two twin brothers who grew up in a household where their dad was abusive. Uh, was an alcoholic, treated their mom poorly. Uh, They grew up in abject poverty for the most part and um, just had poor modeling, right? And so we fast forward 20 years later to check on these two twins to see how they're doing. And one of the twins is an exact replica of their dad, right? He's an alcoholic, hasn't really done much with his life. And so a reporter shows up and they're questioning him and they're like, hey, you know, tell us a little bit about how your life, you know, kind of evolved and, and why you're in the position that you're in. And he looks at the reporter and he goes, well, you know about my dad, right? I mean, you, you know his history. And he goes, well, given that history, like what else did you expect my life to amount to? That's brother number one. Brother number two gets the exact same interview. Never touched alcohol a day in his life, uh, a statesman, a leader in the community, done very well for himself. And he gets the exact same interview 
and the reporter goes, so tell me, you know, tell us a little bit about how your life shaped up the way that, that it has. And the first thing he says, well, you understand where I came from. You do understand the details of my past. And so when you look at my past and you see what I've done now, like how else did you think my life would shape up? Mm. What else could you have expected? Mm. Two exact same people in the exact right. same environment, yet their perception, their takeaways, and what they were able to do with their past completely different. Mm. And so it's the old adage of when we look at a glass that's halfway, it's only got half the amount of water that it needs to, do we focus on the fact, oh my God, it's like halfway from being completely empty, or are we focused on the fact that, wow, that glass is actually halfway from being full? And so it's that mindset, it's that perspective that is single-handedly most responsible for the success people have. You know, in business, it's, it's not often that we find a lot of really new strategies and tactics. Usually people put a different flavor. Like they bring their experience, their know-how, their real world experience to kind of, you know, maybe tweak and shape pretty much a proven tactic or strategy in the past. What makes the difference between those who successfully apply that and those who don't is what's going on in between the ears. What's mm. their perception around what's possible for them? Hmm. Amazing. And wh what do you think a person needs to go through to wake up and, and have that realization? Because this victim mentality or you know scarcity mentality, these are not choices that we make. These come from humans' innate desire to survive and to be slightly pessimistic in an effort to carry on the race, you know? So, you know, a, a lot of us, some of us that, that truly want to believe what you're saying and want to live by that mantra, we have to step out of what is so innate to us as human beings. And how do you do that? What does that unlock? Yeah, I think it's really going back to the way that we were created hmm. and we are one of the most creative people. Now, whether you believe in the Big Bang Theory or you believe in God, which is what I believe in, I know when I study the Bible and I see- Can, in can we believe in both? Well, I mean, it's, it's up to, I, I can tell you what I believe. I believe strictly in the, uh, the creation through God. That's my personal belief, right? Got it. Uh, don't hold it against anybody else who has something <laughs> you know, different than that. But when I study that and I look at how I was formed and I look at the fact that I'm created in the image of this incredible being who literally was, was sitting around and everything was empty and he had a thought. And as soon as he had a thought, he was able to manifest that thought into reality by literally speaking things into being. And so I always tell people who, and I used to be this way. I used to go, man, I'm, I, you know, I used to think creativity was for those who ended up in the arts or, you know, who, you know, were musicians and things of that sort. And I finally realized, like, we are all given this incredible power of imagination. The only question is whether or not we're rightly or we're wrongly using that imagination. I'll give you an example. I used to be a porn addict for many years. And in those moments, I can tell you that I was wrongly using my imagination. And I would so artistically use that imagination that I would manifest a lot of the things that I was thinking about and I would reap the results 
from a lot of that thought patterns that I would use. Now, since being delivered from that and that no longer being a part of who I am, I now, I, it's like I am one with the universe. Like when I take on an initiative, I know that I could vibrate at a frequency of thought and I could impress that upon my mind so incredibly well that I create what they refer to as cognitive dissonance, where it's mm. like what I'm perceiving that I'm about to become versus where I am right now, there's just this huge gap that the mind, the way it's being created, has no other way to resolve that other than push you into the reality of what you keep impressing upon it. And that lies the power of our imagination, of visualization, of paying attention to the words that we release out of our mouth and how they create the very destiny that we're wanting. Uh, and so it's simply a matter of understanding how to rightly use your imagination versus wrongly using your imagination. That's one critical step in the process. Mm. Well, there's so many, there's so many beautiful elements in there. Um, first of all, you know, thank you so much for sharing that. You know, it always takes courage to, to, to kind of share our evolution and what we've gone through and where we are now. You know, there's a, there's a famous quote that I love to share, which is that the neurons that fire together wire together. Wire together. That's right. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and the reason why I like this is because we are all and we all have the power to actually create the future. Yes. We have the power to create the future. There's so much literature on this. Mm -hmm. Few people read it. Even fewer actually believe it. Yeah. But this idea of you know programming our minds to speak something into existence and then by doing so, having it actually become reality, that's the truth. That's real to me. I am Absolutely. living it every single yep. day, and it took me a long time, and I'm still a student of this. Sure. But... My question for you is, what have you, what have you realized? What have you learned? How can you help people to, to actually tap into that and to reprogram themselves for success? Yeah, so I go, whatever, whatever you're experiencing in life, the first question I always ask people is, why do you want to create that? And this is something hard for me to accept, the fact that regardless of what the experience is, we create the very thing that we're experiencing that we either don't like or that we do like. Now we can get into, you know, tangents about, you know, people doing evil things and we're not trying to go there. It's just simply our perception of the very stimuli that comes within our being and how we choose to either add, delete, uh, generalize or distort what's actually there is what's creating whatever it is that we're experiencing. And so if you don't like what you're experiencing, you have to start with the belief system that is driving the thoughts that you're having, which is releasing the energy, the emotions, which is like the, uh, the fuel for creating the behaviors, the actions, the attitudes, the habits that are formed, which then create the results that you're experiencing. Mm. So if you don't like life the way it is, if you don't like the cards you've been dealt, don't sit there like a victim and go, well, that's just the way it's going to be. No, be the other brother in my story who decides because I've had the privilege and the benefit of seeing what does not work, I'm going to exercise all the resources that I've given and I'm going to create a completely different reality other than what I 
experience. I'm going to live life by design and not by default. Mm. And so there's a reprogramming process that we have to go through that starts by one, understanding our story. So it's as simple as recognizing the impact of past experiences and how our, our brain tends to store set experiences and gives meaning to it. For instance, if my first experience with a dog was one where the first time I saw that dog, he like lunged out at me and tried to chop off my hand or my head, instantly I would form and file in my mammalian brain, my reptilian brain, this idea that all dogs are bad. And I would carry that experience and the meaning that I've given to that experience throughout my entire life until I forced myself to actually create new experiences that challenge the idea, the meaning that I gave to the past one. I'm going to be stuck in this pre-programmed mindset that dogs are evil people. Mm. So we got to, one, be open to seeing if the beliefs that we have are actually serving us in our present life. And if we're comfortable with challenging them, then we need to create new experiences that can affirm the new beliefs that we're wanting to take on to help us create a new reality in our life. Nice, man. Uh, all right, I wanna, I wanna break into a little session here with you because I mean, you're on fire right now and I'm just, I'm learning a lot. <laughs> and uh, I'm gonna call this, I'm gonna call this segment the the two brother segment, okay? <laughs> so I'm brother number one. Okay. And you're brother number two, okay? Yeah. So so I'm the victim and you're the model citizen, okay? So <laughs> I'm going to present my perspective. Sure. And then I want you to provide an objection to me with your perspective. <laughs> okay, are you ready? <laughs> so for, for example, I say... I don't like dogs because they'll bite me. You'll say, well, that's just because the first dog that you ever met bit you, and that's not how old dogs are, okay? Sure. <laughs> All right, so here's, here's my first one. You know, I don't have good luck. I'm not going to be successful. I don't have good luck. I'm not going to be successful. Are you certain about that? Yeah, I've never had good luck. I've never, I've never been successful in ever in anything I've done. Never. <laughs> Maybe a couple of times, but it was mostly getting drunk. <laughs> well, let me ask you this: If you were going to be successful at something, what would you do differently to be I, successful? I don't know. Well, if you did know what you would do, what what do you think you might do? Contemplate with me a world where you are able to actually manufacture success on demand. Let's assume that's a given. Try Step harder. Try harder. Get educated. Okay. Align myself with different people. I like that one. Drink less. <laughs> An obvious giveaway, right? <laughs> here's a here's another one. Uh, I'm afraid to put myself out there because I don't want to get ridiculed. Who says getting ridiculed? Well, let me ask you this: What's the problem with you getting ridiculed? It makes me feel bad about myself. 
and what's wrong with you feeling bad about yourself? It reminds me of how someone in my life used to treat me. And what specifically does it remind you about that experience? It reminds me of not being good enough, being a disappointment. So what if there was an alternate meaning that you could ascribe to doing the very thing that you're tepid and scared to do right now? Tell me more. What if you could be entirely vulnerable, put yourself out there and actually be strengthened and encouraged by those who might ridicule you? What if we chose not to assign any meaning that would make you feel less than who you thought you already are as a result of the ridicule that you might experience? How might that change things for you? Uh, that doesn't make any sense. That's a paradox because how can being vulnerable make me stronger? Well, you said you don't want, you don't feel like putting yourself out there. Mm -hmm. And the reason you don't want to put yourself out there is because you're afraid of being ridiculed. Mm -hmm. So if whatever comments were shared, we chose not to assign a meaning of ridicule, but simply built a wall around whomever shared that and said that's their perception and they're entirely entitled to having that perception. Just like I'm entitled to having the perception that I just rocked that joint and that was the best delivery of whatever it was I was sharing. Could we live in a world where we could allow people to have their opinions and we have ours and not be impacted by whatever they think? Mm. That's good. That's good. The only reason that it's threatening to you is because you're placing more weight and credibility mm -hmm. over their opinion of an experience than yours. Mm. And what you're talking about, I think, is compartmentalization and disassociating the content with the person. Absolutely. Because I think too often what we do is we take ridicule, take criticism, have it trigger something in our mind from something in a past life and that feel that terrible feeling that we used to feel when we got bullied or mistreated or abused. And as a result, we can't be our best self. That's right. And, and I think what you presented was a magnificent unlock because this idea of you know hate me or love me, I'll succeed either way. That's powerful. You know? Yeah. See, yeah. if we create the standards of excellence and performance and we live into that every time we step out on stage, we don't have to hear the cheers of the crowd to mm. affirm that we just delivered on what we were created to do. Like we should be our, our biggest critic, if you want to call it that, right? But mm. also we should be our biggest cheerleader. Mm -hmm. Because even if we don't deliver at the level that we expected to deliver, we know that that gap there is simply feedback and information on how to do it even better the next time. Mm. And without stepping into the shoes of the inner critic to make us feel less than, we can seize that moment and that experience as, wow, an incredible gift that we choose to see that millimeter, millimeter gap of additional information that we can incorporate the next time we do said talk that makes it even more brilliant than it already was the first time. Mm. Nice, man. That was really nice. 
You know, uh, there was something that uh, Hala Taha just posted. She has a podcast called um, The Young and Profiting Podcast. Yeah. And yeah. she, she's great. So she was, she was actually recently on this podcast. And she had a post that I really connected to, which I'm sure has been said by so many people. But she says, love me and I'll be in your heart. Hate me and I'll be on your mind. Yeah, you know, I just either, saw that recently. <laughs> either way. <laughs> either way, I have delivered exactly what I'm supposed to do. Because the teacher goes to add yeah. the meaning to the experience. And I can't stand her. She's always got these incredible hosts. I just hate her guts. <laughs> well, guess what? Where your focus goes, your ed- so I'm on your mind. Either way, I've gotten your attention. Yeah. But on the flip side, if you're like, man, I love how she has these incredible guests all the time. It's like, hey, it's the insight. So again, it's choosing not to add any meaning to somebody else's perception of you, what you do, the event, etc., and still being present to the fact, I'm just going to go out here. I'm going to do Ike. I'm going to do Hala. I'm going to let the chips fall where they need to fall because I don't need to take ownership and either persecute or minimize my value to the world in terms of what I do based on some third party's analysis of what just took place. Mm. That's important. That's really good. So where, we, where can we learn more about you? Uh, your website, LinkedIn, social handles? Definitely. So uh, just look me up on LinkedIn, Ike Ikoku. Uh, easily accessible there. You can find me on a couple of my websites, thelimitlessliving.com. Um, that's one. And then the other is the thecochineerinstitute.com. I'll drop both of those in the uh, chat box. So we have that as well. Amazing. I'll socialize those as well. Well, thank you so much for your time. This was, this was really great. And I definitely learned a lot. I think that so many people need to hear some of the things that we discussed to kind of to, to overcome their worst enemy, yeah. which, of course, is ourselves. That's right. The voice of our inner critic. That's right. Thank you so much. I appreciate hey, the time. Thanks for having me, man. This has been a lot of fun. Take care. You too.